Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, once again, 24th Podcast. I'm 24, this is my podcast, 24th Podcast. Oh my god, what a disaster Clemson is. We'll talk about Clemson. Also, the AP, Associated Press, Top 25 Ranked College Football Programs is out. We'll react. I pulled it up, I don't have... I don't know what's I, I don't know who they listed. I was waiting for it all day. I got it. We'll talk about it. I also want to kind of talk about some big games this weekend. Really big games in the NFL. There's a lot of them. There's divisional games like Green Bay versus the Vikings. There's really, really high top tier teams playing this weekend as well like Arizona and Kansas City. And I'm not going to give my predictions yet. Not going to give my predictions yet. I'm just going to talk about the importance of them. I'm not going to hold you for almost three and a half hours. It'll just be a quick one-hour podcast. But I do want to start with the absolute just despicable football game that I saw last night. Clemson versus Georgia Tech. College Opening weekend. And by the way, by the way, I am not only happy, I am not only excited, but I am on freaking cloud nine. Ask me why. Ask me. It's okay. Ask me why. 24, why are you on cloud nine? Because I don't have to watch college football for five straight days. Oh my God, what an absolute disaster this, this, this Labor Day weekend is. Can't wait for the NFL. Real football. Real football. Not college football. Not, oh my God, we're going to have Georgia Tech unranked against Clemson. Disaster. Not going to have all these unranked teams go up against literally some of the best college football programs in America. We're going to have equal opportunity, equal teams, for the most part, going to have great, great football this weekend. I'm very excited. Let me talk about Clemson versus Georgia Tech. And then we'll get into the AP Top 25. And then we'll list off the games this weekend. I'm very excited to talk about them. So I'm sitting here almost 24 hours ago. Sitting here. I'm getting prepared to watch Clemson versus Georgia Tech. Clemson comes out. Absolutely sorry. Pathetic. Losers. Actually, I have their new ranking right now because I just Googled the box score. Clemson is the fifth ranked team in America, which is a joke. But for about the entirety of the first half, Clemson looked like an absolute disaster. They looked terrible. They looked uh, just pathetic against the significantly worse opponent in Georgia Tech. Let me stand the fuck up. I'm sitting... Sitting down, I don't, I'm sitting down, I'm starting to fall down in my chair, I don't like how I'm sitting. Let me stand my ass up! Let me stand up! Hold up. Like I'm sinking into my lazy boy, I don't want to sink into my lazy boy, I want to stand up! So I'm watching Clemson versus Georgia Tech, and I'm just sitting here in my chair. Technically, I'm now standing, but last night I was sitting in my freaking chair, and I thought to myself, I'm like, what an absolute disaster Clemson is. DJ Uli Anglele, the Clemson quarterback, is an absolute disaster. He was one of the top-ranked high school 
recruits coming out when he came out of high school, he's not a professional NFL quarterback or even a good NFL prospect at this point in time. He is incredibly inaccurate. He is incredibly inconsistent. He makes ridiculous decisions. One of the first series of the game, he fumbled the football on a read option play, which is the only thing that he does well. And I didn't see anything coaching-wise from Dabo, the dabster, dabbing on people. I didn't see anything that warranted any excitement, any new interest. I didn't see anything from Clemson's recruits that really, wide receivers and others, that really showed me that I should be interested in them as a football team, and more importantly, that they will be an interesting football team this year. I question, let me move something on my computer, hold on. I questioned the simplicity of the fact, my voice cracked a little bit, ironically enough. <clears throat> I questioned the simplicity of the fact that Clemson was ranked in the top four. I was like, if, they get, if, if we're playing college football right now, Clemson gets in. They're nothing but another ACC team wannabe. They go up against Georgia, they're going to get crushed by Georgia. Because Georgia actually has offensive players that can destroy Clemson's kind of lackluster defense, admittedly so. But also, they have a defense that can absolutely swarm Clemson's mediocre to below mediocre college offense, which is an absolute goddamn snooze fest. But Clemson yesterday, it was just, it was another team that I had watched, like Michigan, like Oregon, like Notre Dame, that I thought to myself, not only are they too, too highly ranked, but the gap between Alabama and Georgia and even Ohio State, which I even said, I was like, Ohio State kind of had a lackluster performance against Notre Dame. They looked a little bit uncoordinated. Don't let the box score fool you. Watch the game. Ohio State, C.J. Stroud. That's not going to get it done against Alabama and, and Will Anderson and Bryce Young. You think the performance that he put on, they won by 11 points against a top five ranked team. My first argument would be Notre Dame isn't a top five ranked team, obviously, which I haven't even seen the, the AP poll. I probably would bet some money that they're probably eighth, ninth. AP, does, the, the Associated Press, they're very prideful. They're very egotistical, right? What they'll do is... They know that they have been wrong, but they will take weeks to adjust instead of being like, wait, we were wrong for months on end. We're wrong now, but we'll still be wrong, but we'll be slightly less wrong. We'll go from 2 plus 2 equals 200 or 2,868 to, oh, 2 plus 2 equals 1,000. You're still horrendously wrong, but at least you're not like hundreds of thousands of wrong. But it's a very simple Solution. It's a very simple equation. Two plus two equals four. Clemson and Ohio State, excuse me, Clemson and Notre Dame, excuse me, are not top five teams. And so here we are once again. AP Associated Press, or technically the AP top ranked, top 25 ranked football teams, the AP 25. We're about to get into it. But Clemson already a joke out of the gates, top five ranked team. I talk about it. I talked about it yesterday. I said yesterday. I said, look, 
college football wants to solve the issue of declining ratings. The NCAA, college football, all these conferences. And I said, when I watched Alabama play Utah State, I loved Alabama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. I love Alabama. I'm excited for UT versus Alabama. Not because it's going to be a competitive game, but because Alabama is going to take their paddle and start smacking UT's butt cheeks with it on Saturday. I'm very excited to see UT get their butt cheeks clapped on Saturday. But I'm excited because it's going to be mass destruction. There will be emotional damage caused by Alabama to UT. But Alabama needs to play top-tier teams because they are a top-tier team, and so does Clemson. I, don't, I, I think, isn't Georgia Tech in the ACC? I don't follow every single conference everywhere, but I think they are. But Clemson should be playing top-tier teams. If they're top-ranked, they should be playing top-tier teams. And every single team needs to start playing teams out of conference that are also top-tier teams. So if you're in the ACC, guess what? You don't get to... And if you're Clemson, ACC is an overrated division, by the way, or overrated conference. I think the ACC is a joke outside of for the majority. Clemson, for the last three, four, five, six years, looks like we're getting out of the dominance of Clemson. But besides Clemson, the ACC, jack. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't play other teams in different conferences. The same thing goes for like the Pac-12. ACC, Pac-12, Big 12, they're kind of jokes of conferences. Like Oklahoma ran the Big 12, Pac-12, joke. ACC, joke outside of Clemson. Really? Big 10? And even Big 10, the Big 10. Outside of Ohio State, joke. SEC, LSU's won an Addy. Alabama's won an Addy. Georgia's won an Addy. I want the best teams from the ACC, the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the Big 10 to all go down to the South Eastern Conference and start playing football games against Alabama, against Georgia, against uh, LSU, if LSU is good, or when LSU is good, to show the disparity that some of these teams have. So I don't remember where Michigan was ranked. Michigan should not be anywhere near Alabama. I feel like there should be tears. Like, I shouldn't have to see any Michigan anywhere near Alabama. It's not even close. Alabama plays up against Michigan, not even close. Michigan doesn't even know who their fucking quarterback is. College football is in a weird spot. Let's look at the AP top 25 ranked teams and let's see how far off they are. Let's, let's dive into it. I'm actually on their website right now. Somebody linked me a Twitter. Not a, oh my God, that was ridiculous what I just said. Somebody linked me a link. Somebody gave me a link on Twitter. And so I have the list here. I don't know if they're going to go in ascending order from worst to best or a descending order from best to worst. I don't know. Instant reactions. I'm on the website. Here we go. They have in the top three. Oh my God. I didn't pre-read it. I didn't look at it beforehand. I made sure that I didn't because I wanted to save my reactions for the podcast. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Georgia. Number three, Ohio State. I have no problem with that. I really don't. Even with, no, not Notre Dame. Even with Ohio State playing not very good, in my opinion, not as good as they should, against Notre Dame, 
They're still number three overall. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem, and I I didn't even know this was going to happen. I, I I thought Michigan, I, like, I didn't think Michigan was, I, I don't think Michigan is anywhere near college football playoffs. You put Michigan, and people were like, well, Michigan was good enough to go to the college football playoffs because of Aiden Hutchinson and blah, 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 blah. People are overrating Michigan already. I'm already pissed off. Michigan number four, I'm about to lose my mind. They don't have a quarterback. They played against Colorado State. How do they move? How many spots? They moved up four spots. I don't understand it. I don't I don't even want to think about it. And some people are going to say, well, who's better? Clemson, who is ranked five, or Michigan? To be honest with you, I don't really care. You want to know why I don't care? Because they're both not beating Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama, which is why I'm like tears, not ranked. Because there is no way that Michigan is going to go down to Tuscaloosa or they're going to go down to the Rose Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, or whatever bowls, and they're going to even be able to be competitive against Alabama. It is going to be a molly whopping, a ass whipping, a butt spanking, a butt cheek clapping of epic proportions when Michigan, if they ever play up against Alabama. And I am, I mean, let me tell you something. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting feverish. I'm getting hot. But I'm also, like Ed Sheeran, getting the shivers. Because, I mean, let me tell you something. Michigan going up against Alabama because there's been a little bit of, a slight little uh, a bit of uh, assertions, a little bit of, uh, of implications, if you will, that somehow, some way, Michigan is going to be competitive to Alabama and the SEC and Georgia and John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh is, is somehow a good coach and a good recruiter, even though he beat Ohio State one time in eight years and everybody in Michigan freaking lost their mind. But I, I want... I want Michigan one of these years. I don't want them to go up against Georgia again. I saw that ass whooping. I don't want to see it again. I want them to go up against Alabama. To show just how far the gap is. Because it may be something similar to Utah State. 55 to 0. You may say to me, 24. They're top ranked team. And I refer to you back to one of my original points. I don't even need to go down the list of issues with Michigan. All I need to do is say one thing. They don't even know who their quarterback is. Against the quarterback in college football, Bryce Young, potentially the number one or the number two overall player in next year's draft. And do you want to know what? Want to know what? I wasn't really watching Will Anderson that much. I was watching Jalen Carter. Everybody's got the read on Jalen Carter. Everybody's like, we're doubling Jalen. We're not putting up with Jalen. We're not putting up with Jalen Carter. We are not going to let Jalen Carter absolutely wreck our football game. We're not letting him do that. He got double teamed. Couldn't get off the double team. When he's getting singled up, because big, big boy Davis is there, because Trevon Walker is there, when he's getting singled up, when N'Kobe Dean is helping out on blitzes, unstoppable fucking monster. When he's getting doubled up, he doesn't know how to beat it, and I don't blame him. He's a college football player, and do you want to know what? He's, not he, but they have to double-team him. But when he gets double-teamed, he can't really get off of it. And that's fine. 
That's fine. Georgia's got to figure some stuff out. But Will Anderson, I didn't... What was... Before I even comment, let me pull up their respective games. Because again, I said, I said it. I said I didn't really watch Will Anderson that much. What is Jalen Carter? How many sacks did Jalen Carter have? If he had any. Jesus Christ, they got like a laundry list of players. And they're all just like ranked. Jalen Carter, he had zero sacks, right? Yeah, he had zero sacks. What about, what about old Will Anderson? Will. Big Will Anderson. How many sacks did he have? I don't know if he had any sacks. I know Jalen didn't immediately because I didn't, I was watching him and I was like, he's getting contained a little bit. Yeah, they both didn't have sacks. I thought he didn't, but I, again, I didn't, I wasn't watching him with as sharp of an eagle eye as, as, uh, as I was watching Bryce and, um, and some of the receivers for Utah State. Bryce Young and the offense of Alabama and <clears throat> Utah State's defense, or excuse me, Utah State's offense. But I say all that to say this. Bryce Young, Bryce Young, excuse me, through one week, college football, Bryce Young looks like he has improved, like he is sharp, that he is crisp as a $100 bill out of the U.S. Treasury, fresh off the assembly line. Fresh, crisp, Bryce Young. Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, I'm not going to bash him after week one. Jalen Carter got double teamed and I wasn't watching Will Anderson and I'm not going to go back and subject myself to the torture that was. Alabama at Utah State. Technically Utah State at Alabama, but you know what I mean. I'm not going to go back and watch it again. Especially because I got UT <laughs> this weekend. I'll be patient. I'll wait. We can discuss this next week. Don't worry. Also, Still on the DJ Uwe Ungalale train. Or technically off of it. But more specifically, just continuing the conversation around it. DJ apparently lost like 30 pounds last year. Or technically this year. Which I'm like, what? what? Like, I was like, when he said, I've, 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 I'm completely different. I've changed. He didn't play like he was different. He played literally exactly the same. But when he said, I've lost 30 pounds, I'm like... A, why did you need to lose 30 pounds to begin with? B, you shouldn't be losing that amount of pounds as a college player. And B, you're like 20. That means you were overweight last year? He didn't look overweight to me, by the way. And by, and by the way, he also looks the same. I don't know what's going on with DJ Uyunglele. He needs to stay in college another year. He should not come out. He is already on my hit list. He's like Spencer Rattler to me last year. Like kind of early on, by like week two, by week three, it was kind of obvious for me that Spencer Rattler was not winning the Heisman. Like it was like, oh, he's not improved at all. And the same thing goes for Bryce Young. And I said to myself, when I make big mistakes, I don't overcorrect, but I learn from my mistakes significantly. From my significant mistakes, from my losses. And I'm like, Spencer Rattler showed me it early. I think I got off of it early. I got off of him early. And the Heisman prediction. And it's like, I didn't predict DJ Uyunglele was going to win the Heisman, but I was like, maybe he can come out this year. If he like plays his ass off, I'm already off that. I'm like, stay in college another year, figure it out. And he may not even get the opportunity. He may not even get the chance to play for Clemson. 
because they're already side-eyeing the quarterback on the sideline. ESPN last night was showing me the second quarterback on the squad, and I was like, I don't know who this guy is because I had my TV on mute because I can't stand the broadcast. The broadcasters aren't very good, so I had my TV on mute, and I was like, I'm just going to watch football game on mute. And I was like, they're already showing me the second quarterback. This isn't looking good for DJ Uwe Angelale. He may be replaced like Spencer Rattler was last season. But I say all that to say, the gap between Alabama, excuse me, the gap of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State is significantly larger than Michigan. I hope Michigan goes to the college football playoffs. I'm going to cry bloody murder if they do. But I hope they go to the playoffs, and I hope they go against Alabama. I hope they do. Joke. Fourth overall. I get, I get it. Everybody played up against terrible opponents. But Michigan doesn't even know who their quarterback is. This shows you just how lackluster, how low the level is of college football. When a team that doesn't even know who their quarterback is, is the fourth overall seed, fourth overall team. And people are like, eh. Right now, college football plays, they're going up against Alabama. Like, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Scroll down here. Five, six, seven, eight. Five, six, seven, eight. Clemson. Five. We kind of talked about it. Texas A&M, six. Oklahoma, seven. Notre Dame, eight. I watched a lot of these teams, but the only team in the top eight that I didn't get to see this weekend was Oklahoma. I don't have a, I don't have a strong opinion of it. Let me pull up the box score. Let me check. Let me check. Hold on. Let me see what they did. Well, let me see the damage. Who do they play against? I don't think there should be a big overreaction if you, uh, if you played and if you beat the crap out of an unranked team. Oregon, oh, but, oh yeah, by the way, I'm getting, I'm getting the read on Oregon. AP changed it real quick. They changed their minds real quick. They had Oregon ranked 11th overall. Oregon's now unranked, as they should have been last week. But Oklahoma beating UTEP, I don't even know what UTEP stands for. 45 to 13 is not very impressive. That is very weak to me. You have to do something better. For them to beat UTEP and then raise two spots, I don't know about that. A&M beating Sam Houston State, I remember that game. I was like, eh, eh. Clemson going down because they did not have, I mean, really Clemson to me should be out of the top 10. I know they beat Georgia Tech by 10, or excuse me, it was like 40-something to 10. But really, they scored all those points in the second half, and Georgia Tech really just started to exhibit self-defeating habits. But okay, I think, I think Clemson season-wise will finish outside of the top 10. It'll happen. Just be patient. But Clemson, five to me is a joke. A&M. I don't know what to make of AM. I even saw them against Sam Houston State. It looked like jambalaya, a hodgepodge. It looked like bad jambalaya, bad gumbo, a, a bunch of a hodgepodge uh, uh, football team that's not very good, but I don't really know what to make of them. They play Alabama this year. Uh, not even this year. They play Alabama today. They're getting smoked. Oh, Oklahoma, don't really know what to make of them. 
Don't really. I I decided not to watch them. I'm gonna watch USC. Do I have Oklahoma? Hold on. College football. I'm like I'm looking on my my cable. I'm 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 just checking. I'm like, do I got do I got Oklahoma this weekend? I'm not gonna go back and I'm not gonna watch their football game. But I'm just like, do I got do I got Oklahoma? Do I got Oklahoma? I don't think I have Oklahoma. Hold on. I'm scrolling. I don't think I have Oklahoma. Goodness gracious, I don't even have good football games this weekend. This Saturday is going to be... Oh, sweet Jesus. I'm looking at my games. What's that song? I Cry a Little Something Something by Pittsburgh. I don't know. Not Pittsburgh. Flow Rider. I know. A one in a mill. I cry. Just a little, dun 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 dun. It's like from 2010 or something like that. I'm still looking for the Oklahoma Sooners game. I don't, I don't think I have it this weekend. I mean, there's a bajillion college football games, so. Mm. Also, there. Okay, okay. I I think I have it. They're against Kent State. I'm not watching that game. I'm not. I'm, I'm just gonna be honest with you. It's on ESPN Plus too, for good reason. It's probably gonna be uncompetitive. I saw. If I can take a slight deviation here. I'm looking at the schedule here, and it's exactly what I've been saying for the past two two days. Let me take a, a quick deviation here to reemphasize the point. And I'm going to be calm here. I'm not going to yell and scream and stuff like that. I'm just going to be like, I'm kind of disappointed. Hold on, let me look at uh, one game. Let me see if I can see if this game is. Okay, so I'll watch Tennessee at Pittsburgh. I'll check it out here. I'm very interested in Caden Slovis, the quarterback for Pittsburgh, and, I, and apparently it's either UK, the University of Kentucky, or Tennessee that has a quarterback that I need to watch. I don't know. I'll, I'll watch it. I'm, I'm going to watch Alabama versus, versus Texas, and that's even a lopsided game. It's in UT. But, I mean, I'm looking at all these games, and it's like, who is this? Is that? Yeah, that's Southern Miss versus... Versus Miami. Southern Miss looks like Ohio. Not Ohio, but Iowa. You got South Carolina versus Arkansas. That should be a pretty interesting game. Just because those are two evenly matched. Oh, Spencer Rattler plays for for uh, Southern California. I Not Cal- California. Carolina. I will watch that game. And then you got Arkansas State. Boo. Versus Ohio State. I don't need to watch that game. to know it's going to be an ass whooping as well. Alabama versus UT, and then it's kind of like scrubs. It's like, if you didn't go up against an easy opponent last week, you essentially are going to go up against an easy opponent this week. And it's just like, what Like, what do you want me to do? There's a lot of very, very mediocre games to below me. Like, Notre Dame this weekend is going up against Marshall. Marshall. I don't, I don't know who Marshall is. I don't know where they're from. I know Notre Dame is probably going to leave them with a red ass and a hard L this Saturday, more likely than not, because I don't know who Marshall is. Like, Kennesaw State at Cincinnati. You know, because we talk about Kennesaw State as a, as, a, as a main, you know, just competitor in college football. And then it's like Appalachian State at Texas A&M. And on and on and on and on and on. It's just... Football team, I mean, Georgia this weekend, 
I'm going to record this game. I'm going to watch Samford at Georgia just because I want to get another look at Jalen Carter. 88 for Georgia's defense. I'm going to try and watch as much Jalen Carter as I possibly can and just make sure that he's, he's where he needs to be. Because I think he's going to be a top five player. I don't like to be wrong about hitting or missing on top five guys. And I'm usually right. I'm usually right. But then it's just like snooze fest after snooze fest after snooze fest. Teams that you've heard of versus teams that you very much have heard of. And I'm just like, God, my Saturday is going to suck. I got Oklahoma versus Kent State. I got, I mean, I will watch UK. The universe, oh, this is a perfect football game. University of Kentucky versus Florida on ESPN. I'll watch that game. That's a very interesting game because Georgia, didn't they beat Utah? By the way, Utah's not in the top 10, it looks like, potentially, because they did lose to the Gators. Didn't I say Utah wasn't a top 10 team? And I'm going to try and watch Georgia Southern at Nebraska. And ooh, la, la, ah, wee, wee, USC versus Stanford. That should be a fun football game. And then I got LSU. Versus Southern? I don't even know where that is. They just say LSU, Southern at LSU. They don't tell me what Southern. They don't tell me which Southern. They just tell me it's Southern at LSU. Again, I don't think I need to like constantly just bring home the point over and over and over again. But again, it's like some of these teams, man, are just way in over their heads. Way, 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 way in over their heads. Next week, though... Not this weekend, next weekend, though. We got Georgia at South, South Carolina. I'm like, finally, we got two, two teams in the SEC that should play very well against each other. I'm like, thank you. Thank you, college football. Let me take a swig of my water first. I know, I know, hold on, let me, let me see the time. How much? 30 minutes. I know we've talked about college football essentially endlessly for a very long period of time. Uh, we're not done yet. Let me take a swig of water. We're still on the AP Top 25. Hold on. So, just in case if you've forgotten, which you probably did because I've jumped from place to place from position to position, let me, let me help you out. I know, it's, I, know it's, I know I'm very difficult to follow because of just how confusing I can be because, of, because it can be disorienting to jump from one topic to another to another to another. So, I apologize for that. Let me help you out on the top. Eight teams in college football. Alabama, one. Georgia, two. Ohio State, three. No problems there. Four, Michigan, joke. Five, Clemson, joke. Six, Texas A&M. I don't really know what to do with. Seven, Oklahoma. Didn't watch them. Only team, ironically enough, once again, I didn't watch in the top eight. Notre Dame, eighth overall. I think they're going to finish outside of the top ten. I haven't even seen their schedule, and I'm like, they probably should. They... They're not a very good college football team. Let's check. Let's check on 9, 10, 11, 12. So, 9 Baylor over USC, which is at 10. Oklahoma State at 11. Florida, 12. Now, we're getting into the weeds of things of teams that I have not seen. Like, I did not see Baylor. So, but I, I can, I mean, I'll, I'll just say, say it straight up. USC should probably be in the top 8, top 10. Okay, I'll just say it straight up. They're slow playing USC. They're slow roasting them. 
I think USC right now is better than Baylor. I think USC right now probably is better than Notre Dame. Probably. Now they did move up USC. They're, they're, you know, they're playing a little bit conservatively. They're like, you know, let's, let's just slow play it right now. USC right now, let's just moving up slowly instead of we're moving them up quickly. We're where they're probably where they should be top eight because Notre Dame against Ohio State, a little bit of a joke, a little bit, a little bit of a joke. If fucking Georgia can fucking blow the front doors off of Oregon and get in and beat them and now Oregon is unranked, I feel like Notre Dame should be moved down a couple more spots. But hey, that's just me. Notre Dame, eight, Baylor, nine, USC, 10, Oklahoma State, 11, the Gators, the Florida Gators, 12. Again, didn't watch Baylor, didn't watch USC, but just... The recruits, I love Lincoln Riley. I think I think they'll be a top eight team this year. I think they're really going to shock people. But for me, it's like they, they it shouldn't be a shock that they're one of the top eight teams in college football. Me at least. But USC, top eight team. We'll see what happens this weekend. I they're they're going up against Stanford. I think they'll blow the front doors off of Stanford just like they beat the crap out of Rice. I'm not really interested in Baylor. Baylor will kind of. I don't even know Baylor's schedule, but Baylor will probably commit Harry Carey here in a couple of months. So I don't even, I'm not, I'm, I'm not really that interested in watching Baylor. I don't really like Baylor as a football program. Uh, I don't really know that much about Baylor as well as a football program, but whenever I watch them, it's always against Oklahoma, except for last year, they always get their butts whooped by Oklahoma. They're not really, they're like a fringe Big 12 team. They're like semi, they're, they're one of the better Big 12 teams, which means that they're like one of the worst SEC teams, to me at least. I'm not really that interested in Baylor, to be honest with you. But USC, I think, should be better than Baylor by next week or the week after. But I'm not even sure who they play. I, to be honest with you, I'm just like Babe Ruth. I'm calling my shot in the dark, and I'm going to swing, and I'm going to either strike out or I'm going to hit a homer. Just that simple. I think USC is significantly better than Baylor. Oklahoma State, another team that I didn't get to watch this weekend, so I can't really comment that strongly on. And some people are like, 24? Like, you didn't watch Oklahoma State and Baylor? Yeah, I didn't. I watched nine games. That's plenty. I don't know how these people, literally within, like, days of whatever, like, I don't know how they can watch more than nine games and be like, I'm 100% sure X team is better than this team or whatever. I, but, I mean, technically, I just did it and I didn't watch Baylor. But, I, I mean, I know enough about Baylor to know that they're not very good or more specifically that they're not better than USC. Regardless, Oklahoma State, I can't really comment on. And really, outside of the top 10 is where you start to lose me, where I'm just like, I I start to not really care because they, because they stop mattering. It's like when you get outside of the top 10, I don't really care. But... In a couple of years, when the college football playoffs is expanded to 12 teams, that's when I think the middle of the pack will become a little bit more scrutinized and a little bit more important. But right now, when there's only four football teams going to the college football playoffs, I don't really care pretty much outside of what happens 10, 10 to 12. Pretty much. Florida Gators were unranked. Uh, shock of the nation, I think his name is Will. No, it's not Will Anderson. It's somebody else. They got some quarterback. Where's my iPad? Let me get my iPad. Let me get my notes. I got my iPad right here. Let me read some notes. Who do I got? 
I now have an entire journal just dead in my iPad in GoodNotes, just dedicated to taking notes about college football. What's his name? The quarterback for for Georgia. What is his name? Did I not write his name down? Hold on. I wrote it down somewhere. I have like two journals. I don't know. No, who this who is this guy? Who is he? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what his name. Quarterback for uh for the Gators, the Florida Gators is actually really really good. I'm going to watch him. Uh Utah Utah at 13th. To me Utah shouldn't even be borderline in the top 15, but they're 13th overall. They fell six places, six places. And I was like, look, the defense was awesome last year. Devin Lloyd was awesome. He, he was a top prospect in the NFL or in the NFL draft. That's why people had uh, Utah so high. I didn't really understand it because he's not on the football team anymore. But um, people were high on Utah, and I wasn't surprised at all when the Gators beat the crap out of Utah. I did not see Florida versus Utah because I was like, this is going to be not a very good game. But it was. I was wrong. But, um, again, 9 through 12, I only watched, I, I didn't even watch any of those games in the capacity that I had watched the majority of the top eight teams. Like, I, I only watched highlights, essentially, of the, uh, the Florida Gators, and, uh, not A&M, the Florida Gators versus the Utah game, and I also didn't even watch, for the most part, I'm like, did I, what did I do? I didn't watch... USC versus Rice and whoever Baylor and and Oklahoma State played. I didn't watch either one of those teams play because I couldn't really care less. So, we'll see what happens. Utah 13 is a little bit ridiculous. Especially just being one spot behind the Florida Gators. To me, at least, is a bit ridiculous. I won't say that the Florida Gators should be, like, top 10. Not even. Or actually, we'll see. Maybe later on they'll get that. But right now... Utah, 13th joke. 14-15-16-17. Michigan State, 14th overall. They improve one spot. I don't really have that strong of an opinion on Michigan State. Michigan State's kind of like a meh college football team. They're not really a contender. They're not really a great football team. And um, I think they'll probably hang around outside of the top 10. I think they'll probably be 14th to, like, 20th. They're, like, a good enough football program to always be ranked for the most part, but they're not good enough to really ever contend. I think the same thing of Michigan for the most part, but everybody loves Michigan because they're essentially the Dallas Cowboys of college football. Uh, So, like, they're always going to be overrated, but... Michigan State to me is, like, Michigan and Michigan State are very similar football teams. Miami, Miami is irrelevant. I mean, I don't know what people want me to do with Miami. Miami is, like, one of those powerhouse, I I talked about Florida State and LSU last night, where I was, like, or technically yesterday, where I was, like, Florida State and LSU are two powerhouse college football programs, but nobody cares because they're, they're, Either their uh, their organization is bad, the the you know the athletic director is bad, the coaches are bad, or whatever the case. There's probably a lot more working parts that contribute to their overall terribleness than I know of, because that's just how these organizations work. But they're just not very good organizations. Miami, Florida State, LSU, 
once great powerhouses, now kind of crappy football teams. And 15, I don't care about Miami. I probably won't watch a Miami game until like somebody's like, oh my gosh, this player is going to be, be entering into the NFL. And then my head will snap very aggressively. And I'm like, who is this player that everybody's talking about? If Miami has a player like that. Um, so I probably won't watch any Miami. Like I will just avoid Miami because it's just like, I don't, I don't really care. Name me one top tier Miami player that's come out of the draft in the last couple of years. Oh, I can Jalen, Jalen Phillips. But he was a transfer from like USC and he was a very like special case of, oh my gosh, he has issues with his back and he, um, he like medically retired because he's concussed. Now he is killing the game in Miami for the Dolphins, ironically enough. And he's, he's a fucking superstar. Let me take a seat. Hold on. Standing up for almost an hour. God, I need to stand up more. Everybody does. 16th, 17th, Arkansas, Pittsburgh. Arkansas, again, I didn't watch. I'll watch this weekend, probably. I think I, think I recorded a game just now. Pittsburgh. I feel like Pittsburgh is masquerading as like seven. They should probably be unranked. And they're borderline unranked, and I think they potentially will be unranked as the season goes along. Uh, West Virginia is not a very good team. They play in the ACC, but I mean, oh, there's a lot of ACC teams that are just not very good. But Pittsburgh, eh, okay. And then it's just like, I'll, I'll just speed run through all these other teams because I don't really care about uh, where, like, the 18th or the 19th ranked team, and I'll give some commentary. I'm like, I'm scrolling right now. Did I see Wake Forest play this weekend? Did I see Wake Forest? Did I see them play? Maybe I did. Uh, no. I watched Georgia Tech. They have like the exact same colors and font for their teams. I'm like, Wake Forest and Georgia Tech look literally like the exact same schools. So, from... 18th to 25. North Carolina State at 18th. Wisconsin 19th. University of Kentucky 20th. BYU 21. Ole Miss 22. Wake Forest 23. Tennessee 24. And then University of Houston 25. I don't really care and I'll probably not watch a lot of these teams to be honest with you. As I say that, I literally am like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch Kentucky this weekend, ironically enough, and Tennessee. I will watch some of these teams. But um, I'm not going to, like, go out of my way. I'm not going to watch BYU for the most part. But uh, we'll see. We'll see overall. Once again, top 25. One is Alabama. Two, Georgia. Three, Ohio State. Four, Michigan. Five, Clemson. Six, Texas A&M. Seven, Oklahoma. Eight, Notre Dame. Nine, Baylor. Ten, USC. That wraps up the, ten, the top 10. 11, Oklahoma State. 12, Florida, go Gators, 13th, Utah, joke, 14th, Michigan State, 15th, irrelevant Miami, 16th, Arkansas, 17th, Pittsburgh, probably should be on rank by the season's end, 19th, or 18th, excuse me, North Carolina State, Wisconsin at 19th, University of Kentucky at 20th, BYU 21, Ole Miss 22, Wake Forest 23, Tennessee 24, and then University of Houston 25, oh boy. 
My head hurts. Goodness gracious. Let me take a swig of water. Hold on. Mm. Sweet. <clears throat> Sweet Jesus. Hold on. I'm like, I'm just scrolling through Twitter to, to just make sure that I, I have not missed anything. At all. Hold on. By the way, I'm also like, I'm scrolling on Twitter right now and it's like, and it's like, again, like the Bachelorette is trending, I think because it's on tonight again or something like that. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm watching it. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Let's get back to not college football. I, I love how I'm like, I hate college football. I hate everything about it. I watched way too much of it. I'm like, I'm going to watch nine. I watched nine college football games this weekend. Hey, I watched a lot of NFL preseason. A lot. Like I watched, I mean, I, I, I don't know how many preseason, don't ask me how many preseason games I've watched. I watch way too much football. But I probably watched, I, I mean, I probably almost watched every single preseason game every single weekend. And by every single preseason game, like the first, second quarter, depending on how many, how much time the starters have, I'm not, I am not watching backups. I'm not watching the backup to the backups play. Want to know why? Because I'm not a masochist. That's why. I don't like hurting myself. Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something? I am watching, I have like the NFL Network on right now as, for the most part, I always do. There's times where I'll just like turn it off because I'm just like, this is, it's, it's a joke. Everybody's taking it like it's a joke. People need to work harder. But I'm watching right now who they think the NFC East winner is. And it's just like Michael Robinson picked the Eagles. Willie McGinnis just picked the Eagles. MJ Acosta Ruiz is probably going to pick the Eagles. David Carr or Derek Carr, David, whatever, I, I don't know, which, whichever one is, is a terrible quarterback in the NFL. He picked the Giants to win the NFCs, and I was like, <sighs> okay, all right. Should we talk about the Giants? We'll, we will. Just, just for David Carr or Derek Carr, whichever one it is. I don't, I don't know. I don't really care. What was I going to start with? Um, oh, yeah, I was going to complain about McDonald's coffee. I go to McDonald's because I'm absolutely exhausted. I get a large, I ask for my favorite drink ever. I went to Starbucks, by the way, a couple of days ago. People who are paying $6 for Starbucks, technically 7 People who are paying like $7 for Starbucks coffee, you are insane. It is worse coffee than McDonald's is. $3 French vanilla lattes, okay? The French vanilla latte is significantly better than the McDonald's coffee that they serve you for like $7. I got the pumpkin spice latte. I like the syrup. I like the flavor. My coffee tasted black. 
it had acidity to it. I'm like, we can't, we can't figure some of this stuff out. You know, I love the taste. I love the spiciness. I love the taste, but I'm like, we can't make some of this stuff chill out. I don't know. I don't know how coffee is supposed to taste. I don't know how bitter it's supposed to be. I don't want coffee to taste sweet. I just don't want it to be so rooted in bitterness. I'm like you put a douse, you know, a, a dab of sugar in it and it'll help. You know, you put, you put some creamer in it, you know, something, some milk, make it not be so strong. I don't know, but I got a bad batch today of McDonald's coffee, but it was a large cup. So I'm juiced up. I'm fired up. I'm juiced up. Fired up. But yeah, McDonald's coffee shits all over Starbucks coffee to the point where it's just like McDonald's coffee. It, like not even anecdotally speaking, it is better than Starbucks coffee. I don't know why. I knew always knew Starbucks coffee was overpaid or overpriced. And then when I like tasted it, I was just like, it's a unique flavor, but holy fucking shit. Is this like ridiculously expensive? And on top of that, it's also not as good as like McDonald's. Sure, McDonald's doesn't have like all of the flavors, but holy shit, like $3 for, I bought two large fucking coffees, like two coffees that are essentially like the size of almost soft drinks and, um, at McDonald's, and they cost less than my fucking pumpkin spice latte did like two days ago. I was in, it was insane just how much bang for my buck I got from McDonald's. And even when they fucked it up, I was just like, it's not very good, but holy shit, is it like almost as good as Starbucks? Starbucks, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Anyways, let's get into important games for the weekend, right? And also some games, I'll just rephrase this. I'll I'll talk about some games that I want to talk about here, okay? So if I don't talk about your team, it's because I don't really care. But I'll probably talk about uh, maybe eight to ten games here. Oh, by the way, Hard Knocks is on tonight. The final, the final episode. Do you want to know how I know it's the final episode? Not just because it's the opening weekend of the NFL season, which indicates always that it will be the final episode of Hard Knocks, but Eminem is supposed to be on this episode of Hard Knocks. I'm a big Eminem fan. I have the Slim Shady LP. I don't really have a lot of his other music because a lot of it isn't very good, but I do love Eminem as a rapper, and he's like very prominently featured in the advertisement for the TV show, or for this episode of the TV show. I said, I think after the third week of Hard Knocks that I was not going to watch any more of it, which was and is very true. I'm an Eminem fan. I'm a stan. And I didn't watch it last week and I completely forgot about it. And I was just like, I focused up. I readied up for college football on Thursday and I watched every single game that I possibly could. And then I went back and uh, today... NFL Network and everybody has been promoing the shit out of it. I love how they're just like, Eminem is in this episode and not anything else. They're just like, Eminem's in it. We're not even going to talk about the players anymore because we're just so inept. But I'm going to have to watch the shitty, oh my God, this player got cut. And we've known for like a week because the show is always like a week old. We know who these players are that are getting cut. I'm just like, I'm just going to skip the the cut player segments because I I do not care. But um, but first, before I talk about the uh, just games that I'm super interested in this weekend, 
in some of the games that matter, I will take a quick bathroom break. Like 40 minutes. I feel like it's like whenever I exceed probably over an hour or something like that, if I don't just end it in 20 to 10 minutes, I probably should just take a bathroom break. So I will. I will take a very, very quick bathroom break. Oop, wait. Oop. Hold on. Wait. I'm like, I'm trying to play one of my freaking. Oh my God. Stop. I'm trying to play one. Google Pixel. What? Sorry. So sorry. It's just like. I just fucking played a Google ad and I was like, why would you do that? I'm like, I'm trying to navigate through one of my playlists with like a bunch of classical music. And then they're like, they're like, boom, boom, boom. Google playlist. And I'm like, okay, like, dude, they're trying to sell me their new Google phone. And it's just like, bro, nobody cares. It's all about iPhones now. It's all about the iPhone. Anyways, um, after I talk through uh, two ads, I'll take my bathroom break and I will, <clears throat> and I will, um, I'll come back and we'll talk about games that I'm really excited for this weekend, games that actually matter, games that are super important to the rest of the NFL season and for the rest of these NFL teams. I'm very excited to talk about them. Anyways, I'm coming back a couple of minutes, 24th podcast.
Sorry that that was a little bit quiet. Beethoven's Piano Sonata Number 14 in C-sharp minor. OP, I don't know what it is. I, I took a little bit of a musical theory class in college. Oh, I don't know what OP stands for, but uh, I know it's the number two Moonlight Sonata. I'm watching the Mike Rob interview with Derrick Henry, and it looks like Derrick Henry is like fast asleep. He's just like, he's just like, wow, this is so boring. <clears throat> All right. Oh, my God. Final thing I wanted to talk about on the podcast. Again, games that matter. We'll talk about... We'll, uh, like, I mean, I already predicted it months ago. I think the Bills will take the Rams Thursday. We'll talk about it a little bit more in depth tomorrow. So I'll save Bills versus Rams conversation and topics for tomorrow because it's like, I don't know what I'm going to have tomorrow. Thursday, we're going to... Um, we're going to... What is it? What are we going to have Thursday? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thursday, we will have... Oh, my God. I cannot believe it was so hard for me to say that Thursday we're going to have Thursday night football opening weekend. Bills out Rams. Jesus Christ. What is wrong with me? Friday, we'll have weekend predictions. Saturday, music matters. I think I'm actually going to record that podcast literally as I get off of this one. NBA Youngboy's newest album. I don't know what it's called. Everybody lost their minds last night. They were like, NBA Youngboy, newest album. I was just like, I, okay. But I'll listen to that. Oh, yeah, he's like trending on Twitter right now. So, what is it? It's called Realer 2. Okay. And Kanye West said that NBA Youngboy is the greatest rapper of the new generation. I'm like, okay. Everybody's super high on him. I cannot wait to look at this album and um and uh, we'll see what happens. Anyways, Oof. Bills and Rams. We'll talk about Thursday. Friday we'll have game day predictions for the weekend. Saturday will be will be um music matters, and then Sunday we will have finally. Cannot believe it's here. Oh my god. It, could not have come any sooner. Jesus Christ, it's been so long without NFL football. But we will have NFL football Sunday. Oh, thank God, finally. And I just kind of wanted to talk about certain teams, certain games. Uh, again, I will not be going over every single game just because it's like some of the games I don't really care about. And if I'm honest with you, as much as I love the NFL and as much as I will watch easily probably over 200 games now because I will bite the bullet and I will get the stupid NFL Plus, which doesn't simulcast games for some weird reason or doesn't let me watch out-of-market out of games, which is so stupid to me. As much as that's like a thing, I will watch all the games probably at night or during the morning or whatever. Just so I can um just so I can kind of see what all these other teams are doing. Like I don't think I need to watch the Texans, for example. And do you want to know what? I think Texans <laughs> I think Texan fans would agree with me. They're like, yeah, 24, you don't need to watch the Texans. Start off with the first one of the first games on Sunday. Eagles versus Lions. So it's not just because 
the Lions are on hard knocks that I'm really, really interested in this game. Or it's the Eagles and I'm a Cowboy fan. It's really just putting pen to paper for these two teams. The Eagles have been one of the most hyped up football teams in the offseason, as they kind of should be, to be honest with you. They had a really, really awesome offseason. They got one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and A.J. Brown. They got two of my favorite players in the draft this year in N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis. But they also lost some offensive pieces, and I don't think their offensive line is as good as people thought and think. And even further than that, I'm not sure how to rate Justin, Justin, uh, I was about to say Justin Fields, but it's Jalen Hurts. I always get them confused. It's like Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. It's like there's a lot of Justins and Jalen. There's two Jalens, like Jalen Rager, who just got traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Notice how I didn't talk about that for almost two days after I got back. But it's like Jalen Rager and Jalen Hurts. But Jalen, Jalen Hurts, I don't know. I don't know how much he's improved. And to me, the gap between Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott, it wasn't just something that can be that can be redeemed and recovered by just getting a top flight, top tier wide receiver, in my opinion, and I'll explain why in a little bit. Let me plug in my computer really fast. Hold on. Sorry about that. I don't know if my mic cut out or if it stuttered. I accidentally unplugged my microphone, but my computer was almost out of battery. But Jalen, Jalen Hurts to me, I don't think closes the gap just because he gets a top flight wide receiver. Some people are going to argue with me. Some people are going to disagree with me. I don't really care. We have statistics. We have facts. It's like, it's not just the wide receiver. It's the quarterback. Oh, you don't believe me? Oh, really? Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. They've never been to the playoffs. Want to know why? Because at times, Kirk Cousins will play as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Then other times, he will just disappear completely. He will be a below average to significantly below average quarterback. And even though Justin Jefferson has like 1,400 yards, really he should probably have somewhere like 16, 1,700 yards. He's a absolutely insane wideout. He's one of the best in the NFL. It is kind of despicable that he is playing with Kirk Cousins. And the same thing can be said about A.J. Brown with Ryan Tannehill last year. Tannehill was a below-average quarterback. And even though A.J. Brown, he ate, he was great, he was good. The same thing even happened with DeAndre Hopkins. I can give you a bajillion examples of like mediocre to below mediocre quarterback play with a top flight wide receiver, an awesome wide receiver, and it doesn't even matter. And so with A.J. Brown, with the Eagles, I don't think they've closed the gap to Dak Prescott. And I think the Lions game, it, they're not going to be tested. I just want to see... How the two teams will play. They're, this game will be one of the games that I rewatch just so I can get a vibe and a feeling for the Eagles and the Lions and how they're going to play long term this season and even short term. Because 
specifically with the Eagles and how everybody's like, the Eagles are going to beat the Cowboys and they're going to represent the NFC East and the, and the, uh, in the playoffs and the Cowboys aren't going to make it to the playoffs. It's just like, well, okay, that same Eagles team week one, or not even week one, I think it's like week five, week six, somewhere around there, we'll have to go up against the Dallas Cowboys. And so to me, I think the Lions game is so interesting because you have all of these things playing on one another. You have the Eagles trying to, I'm going to like my internet is, my internet has just been shot on my computer. It's like, it only happens on this computer. Every other piece of equipment that I have that it connects to the internet doesn't have this, does not have this issue, excuse me, except for my fucking very expensive laptop, my very expensive MacBook. But, um, goodness gracious. But, um, the Eagles to me, like I'm, I'm trying to pull up their games on my, on my computer. Let me pull up their games. Jesus Christ. Why is it so hard to pull up the Eagles schedule? I like, I pressed on their games. I'm like, give me their games. Thank you. Jesus Christ. Sorry. Oh my gosh. So as I was saying before, week four is when the Eagles go up against the Cowboys. I think the Lions versus the Eagles is important because the Eagles are going to be going up against the Cowboys in a couple of weeks. And because of that, it's important to kind of get the vibe and the feeling and to see if everything is is going to go uh, all right for the Eagles. The Lions, I've been on this since day one. I don't think Dan Campbell is a real coach. I don't think that what he's doing is going to contribute to wins for the most part. And he's going to be going up against some difficult teams in the first six, seven weeks of the regular season. The Eagles being one of them, Washington not being one of them. I, I could coin flip that game. I don't think it's either or. I think both of them are bad teams. Vikings should be a loss. Seattle should probably be a win because Seattle's a terrible football team. And to be honest with you, Seattle has a lot less than the Lions. Patriots should be a loss. Cowboys should be a loss. Dolphins should be a loss. Packers should be a loss. And the Bears are kind of a coin flip. Thank God that they that the NFL or more specifically, the major networks were like, we are not putting Lions and Bears on primetime, even though like a lot of media personalities love Dan Campbell and they love Justin Fields. I'm like, thank God that nobody made that connection because that game will be a fucking shitstorm. Anyways. Eagles versus Lions. Very, very interesting game for Dan Campbell. And the um, and the Lions and also Philadelphia, AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts. Cannot wait to uh, to see the results of that game. Let me take a swig of water. Hold on. Let me also spit out my gum. My gum is I've like been chewing this gum, this wad of gum. By the way, uh, pro tip: if you chew co- not chew, if you drink coffee. Go and get Orbit Spearmint Gum and chew it while you're drinking coffee. Why? Uh, So that way your teeth do not get super stained after you drink your coffee. And more importantly, so that way nobody has to smell your coffee breath. Nobody wants to smell that. Coffee smells disgusting on your breath. And your mouth is like probably dehydrated as well because you've been drinking 
like coffee with sugar and creamer in it. So also drink some water. So that way your mouth isn't like dry, a dry, arid, disgusting desert, please. Dental hygiene is super important. Dental hygiene just does not mean how much plaque is on your teeth, but like how arid your breath is. 49ers versus Da Bears. Two very interesting teams with two very interesting quarterbacks. 49ers, super important weekend this weekend. What? Who are they going up against long-term? Who does the 49ers go up against next week? Uh, let me see. They go up against, oh, Seattle and then the Broncos Rams. So they're going to have two easy games here, and then they're going to have some difficulty in the next couple of weeks. And then they're going to go up against the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. 49ers. I've already predicted that the 49ers aren't going to make it to the playoffs. And it's just simply put because I don't believe in him. He had some on and off playoff, not playoff, but preseason games this year. I've seen him play like multiple times. And I even went back and I saw some of his preseason games and I'm like, yeah, played all right. In some games, in like one game, and then in another game, it was completely different. I don't remember which was which, but I just, I remember watching him and I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Then I was like, oh, this is good. Inconsistency. He's two years into the league and I don't really know what to make of him. 49ers are trying to move on with him. And I think the 49ers are super hesitant to move on with him as their starter. Just because of the fact that they are still willing or more specifically unwilling to part ways with Jimmy. They still like Jimmy in San Francisco. Sorry, that's my speaker. Let me just turn it off because I don't think I'm going to use it anymore. But the Niners are so dead set on having Jimmy Garoppolo be on the team. Like they're like, we want compensation. We want this. We want that. And it's just like to me, I'm like, if you were really super high on Trey Lance, you probably know what's coming if he sucks. Like if he goes out against the Rams or the Broncos, and if he just bombs, you know what's coming. 49er fans are going to be super pissed off if you guys can't close it out against the Broncos and the Rams, and they are going to start clamoring for Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're going to, like, like it's going to be annoying for like two weeks if you guys lose those two weeks. And then it's going to be even more annoying if you lose to the Panthers and the Falcons. But even further than that, everybody keep, I, I want Bears fans to shut the fuck up. I want the 49ers to beat the Bears because holy shit, Bears fans, they think that their team has done a great job this offseason at getting Justin Fields weapons and they've filled gaps in their offensive line and da-da-da-da-da. It's, it, no, no, no. I want the 49ers to just shut the Bears up and Bears fans to be like, what, what is going on? I can't believe we're so far behind the, uh, the 49ers. And it's just like, okay. All right. Okay. All right. 49ers versus Bears. I will, unless it's just a fucking disaster. Like the 49ers are just a disaster. Not a, not a disaster, but if the game is just like a disaster, like if the 49ers just beat the crap out of the Bears, 
relentlessly and it's just not even a close game. I don't know if it's going to be a close game. I don't know. I haven't seen Trey Lance play and I don't really know how Justin Fields is going to, I, I think it won't. I, I don't know. I don't know how Trey, it should not be a close game. I have a feeling that it shouldn't be a close game. I feel like the 49ers may win by two scores. I feel like it should be almost a blowout, if not a blowout, to be honest with you. It should be like 10 points or more for the 49ers. But at the exact, it should be that. But I don't know just because I like Trey Lance is the wild card. I, I love their defense. I love their offensive line. I love Debo. I love their coach. I just do not love their quarterback. And he's one of the biggest pieces on the team. Notice how I haven't talked about the Bears really that much because they're kind of irrelevant. But I also just, I want to watch that game just so I can be informed enough about the Bears to then hate on them for like five, ten minutes on Monday or technically Tuesday of next week. I'm going to kind of detail the schedule tomorrow. I've been meaning to do it for the last couple of days, but I've just been forgetting to address it at the beginning of the podcast. But regardless, 49ers at Bears. 49ers should absolutely destroy the Bears, but I'm interested to see if they can. And it's, again, it's a pin-on-paper type of game. Like, I don't think the Bears are going to be a playoff contender this year, or to be honest with you, next year as well. But I do think the 49ers should be, and I don't know if they will. But we'll see what happens. Hold on. Hold on. I'm watching DK Metcalf with a sleeveless suit on play something. Oh my God, they stole this straight. You know, like there was that, um, do you know that kid from high school who's playing Beethoven's, ironically enough, his second sonata or his fifth sonata, the song that I just played for you? The dun, 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 dun. There's a kid in high school that did that at a talent show and then it transferred into Still Dre. That's essentially what DK Metcalf in this weird advertisement just did. Except not as cool. It's like they televised it or they 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 commercialized it and it sucks now. And as soon as I saw him, and he's in like a high school gym, and I was like. It's with a different song, too. So they tried not to like be like, we didn't steal it, but we did kind of steal it. But it's not as good, obviously. Hold on. And he's obviously not playing it too. Because he's not Because he's not even moving his hands. Yeah. Yeah, oh my god, the NFL stole that. The NFL network stole that on like a kickoff thing. I was like, oh my god, if you're gonna do that, at least do it right and better. But they were like, we're going to steal that. And I was like, is this an NFL Network commercial? It seems as corny. It seems like it is. Because it's super corny. They were like, oh, a kid did that out of Pepper Alley. Let's steal that. It's like, all right. It's like they stole it and they didn't even steal it correctly. Oh, my God. Okay, but moving on from that. Moving on from the 49ers and the Bears. Should I talk about the Bengals and the Steelers? I think that game is kind of irrelevant. I think the Steelers are relevant for the most part. So I won't really talk about it. I mean, it's for the division. I don't expect the Bengals to. I, I don't. I'll spend some time on it. I don't think the Bengals should lose this game. I think the Steelers are a joke. I think people are overinflating the Steelers way too much. Mitchell Trubisky is such a fucking terrible quarterback. 
Kenny Pickett, to me, played better than he did in the preseason. And do you want to know something? Do you want to know an interesting theory from me? Of course you do. That's why you're listening to the podcast. For me, when I watched the Pittsburgh Steelers this preseason, I thought that Kenny Pickett was relegated to the third team and to the second team, and he did not play a lot of snaps with the starters just because they didn't want it to be like, well, you know, Kenny Pickett, we don't want a quarterback controversy. We want Kenny Pickett, or more specifically, excuse me, uh, Mitchell Trubisky to be the starter, and we potentially want to ease Kenny Pickett into the starting role. I don't think they played Kenny Pickett as a starter because I don't think they wanted quarterback controversy, in my opinion, but, you know. We'll see what happens. Also, Mitchell Trubisky was named a captain. Okay. All right. Steelers are irrelevant. They're one of those teams that's... I don't know if they'll win eight games. Depends on who they play at quarterback, but I love their wide receiving core. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens. Their offensive line is a mess. Najee Harris. They have... They're kind of like a sleeping giant. If they can figure out their offensive line... I feel like they kind of are. They have some nice secondary players. They have Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, There may be like a linebacker away. They have a a good secondary and an awesome front seven. But it's just like quarterback, offensive line. We'll figure it out. We'll see. Patriots at Dolphins is another really interesting game. Two divisional matchups. It's kind of like the Steelers and the Bengals. Because it's a divisional matchup that I think a couple of years ago obviously goes another way. I mean, technically it's in Miami, which is like the Patriots' house of horrors. So a couple of years ago, it may have gone the Dolphins' way, but it really would. And I'm referencing the fact that the Patriots don't have Tom Brady anymore or Rob. But really this game a couple of years ago should have been won by the Patriots. And now I'm not so, so certain Just because the Dolphins, they've gotten significantly better. Teron Armstead, Tyreek Hill, I think Jalen Waddell, the wide receiver out of Alabama two years ago, will take, I don't want to say he'll take another leap, but he was awesome last year. Mike McDaniels, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. And this is, again, a divisional matchup with two teams that I think can go to the playoffs this year. Either one of them is just going to sneak in or one of them is going to, like one of these two teams is going to be the third team. I don't think the Bills will be, and I think the Jets are just terrible. But I think one of these two teams, the Patriots or the Dolphins, will be the third team for the AFC. But I think both of them right now, and things can change, or more specifically, the Dolphins right now are going to like hover around 10 wins. So, we'll see. I'm not sure about the Patriots. I think the Dolphins should win this game. I think the Dolphins should probably take the series. I think they should probably sweep the uh, the Patriots, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But we'll see. I'm not sure. Browns at Panthers. Baker's going, or not going back to Cleveland, but Baker is staying in Carolina. A lot of people believe in Baker Mayfield. Look, first and foremost, is he healthy? Yes. Is he healthier from last year? Yes. Was he unhealthy last year? Yes. But everybody fucking lost their mind because Baker Mayfield played 
in a preseason game when he was healthy. And I was just like, look, I'm not a big Baker Mayfield guy, but what I saw from the preseason was a bit lacking. I was actually shocked at how much attention Baker was was getting. And I hate the preseason because people present so many false equivalencies and they just say so much stupid stuff in the preseason. Like, they're like, Baker's back! He threw an awesome pass. Like, one. And I was just like, in the preseason, in like the second quarter, because he got shut out, essentially in the first quarter, I think against the Patriots. Like, Baker didn't have as good of a preseason as people want to make it out to be. And I, I cannot believe people are like, I mean, Skip Bayless has said it. Other people have like implied that the Panthers are going to go to the playoffs this year. And I'm like, I remember, what's his name? Kyle Brandt said that the that the Panthers were going to go to the playoffs and not the Bucks. And I'm like, what? What are you people smoking? I was shocked when I heard that. But no, the, the Panthers are not going to the playoffs. I think Baker is not very good. And on top of that, I think he's being overrated because of how shitty the, the Browns have handled the Deshaun Watson uh, sexual assault allegations. And then on top of that, like everybody wants the Browns to lose. But on top of that, like, I, I just, I don't, I don't like the Panthers team overall right now. I don't think they've done enough. They added in Akeem Okwanu, and it's just like, hey, great, you added one player onto your offensive line. You probably needed two. You needed a guard. But at the exact same time, and eh, the right tackle was like, okay, but their left side was just terrible. Gosh. But we'll see. Some people are like, Christian McCaffrey is going to be back. And I'm like, Baker had Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt for like two years. And he kind of did shit with it. Some people are going to be like, he won a playoff game. And I'm like, he won a playoff game against the horrendous Pittsburgh Steelers that played that playoff game horrendously, terribly. No. Browns versus Panthers. I still have the Browns beating the Panthers, even right now, even with all that was going on. And I even said it when I predicted that the Browns were going to beat the Panthers like a month ago, technically two months ago in July. I was like, I feel like Deshaun's going to be suspended. I'm right. But I also was like, I don't think it matters. Because it's just like, just hand the ball off to Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb like 35, 40 times. And it's like, your defense is just better than the Panthers offense too. It's like, this should not be a hard game to win to me at least. Colts at Texans, I don't care. Saints at Falcons, I don't care. Ravens at Jets, I don't care. Everybody's like, this is Joe Flacco's revenge game against the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm like, nobody cares. Jags at Commanders. It's a semi-interesting game because Doug Peterson is going up against essentially the quarterback that got him fired from the Philadelphia Eagles job. Guess what? I don't care. Green Bay versus, <laughs> like, guess what? I don't care. Uh, Green Bay versus the Vikings. Such an interesting game. Because Green Bay, and the because everybody thinks the Vikings are going to the playoffs this year. I'm like, I don't see it. I really don't. I don't get it. But they are going up against the Packers opening weekend, opening day. Zadarius Smith. I, I still don't know if David Bakhtiari is going to play. If I'm honest with you, if I'm the Packers, I'm just going to be like, David, just come back when you're healthy. 
Like, we spent all this time. You were out last season. It, it just, to me, it doesn't make sense to rush him back. You know? It's like, you're the Packers. You're playing in a weak division. You have all of your players for the most part. Just come back when you're ready. And, uh, like, I get it. He wants to play, and he hasn't played in almost two years. But for me, just come back when he's ready. Don't force him back. Don't rush him back. Just when you're ready, come back. But this game, Kevin O'Connell, Quasi Adafo Mensa, who's been a little bit of a, of a disaster this offseason. We'll see what's going on with the Vikings here in a couple of, uh, of days and what they're going to do. Uh, the Packers are just a fucking dominant team in the division. And really, they've dominated this division for almost 30 years. It started with Brett Favre. It has essentially continued with Aaron. And it just seems like the Packers are just going to win again. And I'm interested to see what Kevin O'Connell, the former Los Angeles Rams offensive coordinator, can do with Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. It's a trick question. Not a lot. Because Justin Jefferson had fucking 1,400 yards last season. He had 1,400 yards. He has, I think, two, or was it like six, 1,600? What are his statistics are in, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I apologize. He did not have 1,400 yards last season. He had 1,600 yards last season. He had 1,400 yards his rookie season. He had seven touchdowns his rookie season as well. He had 10 touchdowns last season. I'm like, what more can they get out of Justin Jefferson? I, I don't understand it. Like some people are like, man, like he's, they're going to figure out Justin Jefferson. He had 15 yards per catch last season, 108 target, excuse me, 108 Receptions, 1,600 yards, 10 touchdowns. What more do you need from Justin Jefferson? We know he's going to go out and get over 1,300 yards easily because he's never fallen before below 1,400. We know he's a baller. We know he's a gamer. We know he's fucking awesome. He has 17 touchdowns in two years. He's an amazing wide receiver. It's not that Justin Jefferson isn't playing at the highest of levels. That is bullshit if people tell you it because he is. He is. He's like one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. The problem is, can Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell extract something else from the wide receiving core? And can their defense not stop Aaron, slow Aaron's ass down? They have Zadarius Smith. They have Daniel Hunter. I like both of them. I like them a lot more than a lot of people like. Like them both. But I don't, I'm not in love with their secondary and I'm not in love with uh, with their linebackers. But I do like Daniel Hunter, or Daniel Hunter, excuse me, a lot. And I also like Zedaria Smith a lot. I like them both. Harrison Smith is getting older, and he's a box safety. And really, he was uberly important to Mike Zimmer's defense. So I'm interested to see what they're going to do with him. They disguised a lot of coverage. They gave offenses a lot of weird looks, which did confuse a lot of quarterbacks. But I'm interested in seeing how Harrison Smith is going to be utilized because he may be undervalued and underutilized relative to the new scheme. It's probably why they also got Lewis Seen or Lewis Sign, however you say his last name, potentially because they were like, look, he's not very good. He, maybe not he's not very good. Harrison Smith is aging and he's potentially going to or we're potentially going to move on from him in the next couple of years. Lewis Sign can play like a little bit of free safety, but can play a lot of free safety, actually. But really, he's kind of a box safety. We'll see what happens. Giants at Titans. Uberly important game. Derrick Henry's coming back. I want to see what Brian Dable is going to do. Because everybody's been talking to me about how awesome Brian Dable is going to be. How awesome he is. 
Boy, it sure would help them out if they had Blake Martinez, a linebacker, against Derrick Henry. But hey, what do I know? It's just, I just thought Derrick Henry was a great linebacker that they just gave up for free. I don't know. Maybe he was further behind in his recovery. I don't know. I don't really care. Giants versus Titans, to me, I want to see them with the new look, with the new look offense. Traylon Burks is going to be there. I don't think they're going to be as good. I think they're going to struggle. The Titans, outside of Derrick Henry, they're awesome. Excuse, excuse me. Outside of Derrick Henry, they're pretty lackluster. God help them. If they fall behind, if they start losing against the Giants. God help them if Ryan Tannehill struggles against the Giants. Because of the Malik Willis chance, Malik Willis, I don't know what he did. I don't know why people are so high on him. I don't know, because people are, I, I don't know what Ryan Tannehill did to Tennessee. People are willing to ship him down the road to God knows where and put in Malik Willis week one game on. Because I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because of his performance last season, especially in the playoffs. But Lord have mercy. Are people juiced up about Malik Willis in Tennessee? It's not a joke. It is extraordinarily real. And if they lose to the Giants, and if it's very obvious that Ryan Tannehill is struggling, and I think he will because Traylon Burks has not had a great offseason, look out, because here comes Malik Willis. I think this will be Daniel Jones' final year with the Giants. I think this game is so interesting because this is kind of like the first domino for the Giants to potentially try and make a run at Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, in my opinion. But I also think Brian Dable... We'll see what happens with Brian Dable and Joe Shine. But this, this to me is like the first domino of will the Giants be able to get one of the top tier quarterbacks in next year's draft? So, by the way, speaking of next year's draft, how did Spencer Rattler do? How did he play? Oh, God, my internet is so slow. Hold on. Let me just like, just try and Google South Carolina. I just want to see if Spencer Rattler is still in play or not. I don't know if he is. I would assume he may be still in play as a quarterback next year, but my internet is so busted. More specifically, my computer is busted. It's not the internet. It's like, my phone has been running perfectly. My 10-year-old, my really 12-year-old MacBook that has somehow, someway survived a cup full of blue raspberry lemonade spilled on top of it is also running perfectly. But my new fucking six-year-old computer is just not work, working internet-wise for me, which is super annoying. Anyways, uh, South Carolina, let me... Let me try and like... The Razorbacks. Let me try and... They're called the Razorbacks, right? They're like a war hog or a wild hog. Or some type of pig with horns. I don't know. It's, it's loading, but it's taking forever. Okay, boom. How did he do against uh, Georgia State? Uh, oh, okay. Well, it looks like he's not in play. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it looks like he's not in play. 23 of 37, 227 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Spencer Rattler's probably not in play. So Bryce Young, 
CJ Stroud are probably going to be the main targets for the Giants if they go in and if they want to get Bryce Young. Or potentially Jimmy Garoppolo could be an actual answer for them. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But I think, I think those angles are going to be kind of... I think we'll start moving in those angles. Bryce Young or CJ Stroud and one of the young quarterbacks in next year's draft or Jimmy Garoppolo as well. But I think the first domino to fall, the first step in those directions will be because of the Giants versus the Tennessee Titans game. I'm very excited to see what's going to happen there. I'm more excited for the result than the actual game, if I'm like 100% honest with you, because I don't even know if I'm going to watch that. I, I feel like Tennessee should, no, should not have any problems with the Giants. Raiders versus Chargers. Hold on, how are the Dodgers doing? The Dodgers. Dodgers. How are, how are they doing? Let me, let me take a peek. Oh, I, I don't have any of the games. Raiders versus the Chargers. Chargers. Who do I have winning this game? I'm not going to reveal it just yet. But I mean, you, you know, you can go back and you can literally go through the podcast and you can be like, oh, okay, these are the teams that I predicted week one. Who do I have winning it? I don't think I'll change who I have winning it. Raiders at Chargers, a rematch of the final game of the season that decided who was going to go to the playoffs. Mike, not Mike. Is Yeah, it's Mike McDaniels formerly. Uh, no, it's Josh McDaniels. Mike McDaniels is the... Off, not offensive coordinator, excuse me, but the head coach for the Dolphins. Josh McDaniels was the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. He's currently the head coach for the Raiders. We'll see what happens there. Devontae Adams, obviously a Raider. Alex Leatherwood being gone. I still think the Raiders have multiple issues at offensive line. And I don't know how you contain Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and Duran James. And it's going to be very interesting to see how... J.C. Jackson fares against Devontae. I don't think, just, I don't think the Chargers have enough to contain what the Raiders have offensively. I don't think you can contain Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller all at the exact same time. Like, there's going to be a liability somewhere on every single play. Like, somebody's going to be going up against uh, a really, really awesome offensive player. But can the Raiders take advantage of that? And can the Chargers, like, handshake that, acknowledge that, and put enough pressure on Derek Carr to make him make a mistake? Look, Derek Carr played great last year relative to, like, what was going on with the situation with the Raiders. Hey, great job. But Derek Carr, to me, is not a top-10 quarterback. On Saturday or Sunday, he's not even going to be the best quarterback on the football field. So for me, Derek and the Raiders, I mean... I'll, I'll say it. I think the Chargers should be able to beat the Raiders. But again, I'm interested in the results. And I, I don't mind being wrong. But I think the Chargers and the Raiders and the Broncos and the Chiefs, they're all playing in one very claustrophobic division where if I put all four of those teams on, if I just like had four darts, had the team's logos on four darts, and if I just started throw darts at a wall with all of the divisions in the NFL on it, I think all four of those teams could probably be in the playoffs in any conference in any division. I think they're very good. 
all four of those teams. But when you put them all in one division, it creates this issue where there's way too many good teams and somebody is going to start losing football games. Like ties are rare in the NFL. It's not like soccer. So what's more likely than not going to happen is that teams will win games, teams will lose games, and teams will be eliminated from the playoffs. Good teams. I don't think we'll see all four teams from the AFC West go to the playoffs. We, in fact, may see only two, maybe three. So. And it's just like, who's probably going to the go to, to the playoffs? I think it's the Chiefs and the Broncos. You want my honest opinion about it? We'll, we'll talk about both those teams here in a couple of minutes. But I think it's the Chiefs and the Broncos. I love Patrick. I don't care that they got rid of Tyreek Hill. I still think Patrick is awesome. And I think the, uh, the Broncos have... I think the Raiders and the Chiefs, it's ironic because they're playing up against each other again. I think they're the two most volatile teams playing on Saturday in the hardest division in football. Excuse me, I have like the hiccups. But we'll see. We'll see. Like, is there anything else? Justin Herbert. I just want... There to be some success with Justin. And I think they need to modernize the offense too. Just make him more efficient. And he was really efficient last year, but to me, I don't know. I don't know. Justin had a lot of lows to, ma- uh, to match with his extraordinarily high highs. I mean, he's great. Like he's a young player and he already threw for like 5,000 yards or something ridiculous like that. Let me just look up his statistics. I remember I was like looking up his numbers and I was just like, holy cannoli. He just blew the front door off the league. But he needs help and he needs help, not necessarily offensively, but from his coaching staff. And you know what? I like that his team is like, we are going to invest and reinvest in Justin Herbert. We are going to re-sign Mike Williams. We are going to draft Zion. Uh, I was about to say Zion Williamson, but Zion Johnson. We will help out Justin Herbert and we will make sure that he will be successful. We will make sure he will have an offensive line. We will make sure that he has weapons. We will make sure that he doesn't get screwed over. The only thing that he's really missing is a tight end. We'll see. I still don't have his statistics because my internet is shot, but we'll move on. We've talked enough about Raiders and Chargers. Chiefs at Cardinals. Two high-powered offenses. Chiefs new look offense with a bunch of wide receivers on it. New wide receivers. Really not new. Yeah, there's some new wide receivers. But they're going. And they rely on their new new wide receivers. They're going to rely on Juju Smith-Schuster. They're going to have to rely on Sky Moore. The Chiefs this year. And I really haven't seen a whole lot about Juju. And I haven't really liked a whole lot about um, that I've seen from Sky Moore. But... I don't know. We'll see about the Chiefs and the Cardinals. And the Cardinals, kind of a disaster of an offseason. They were like, well, we aren't going to pay Kyler. And then they did pay Kyler. And then they were like, we're going to have a provision where he has to study. And then they took that out. And then they had this weird offensive-driven draft when I was like, well, they need to get offensive or more specifically skill position draft where they were like, well, we need to get offensive weapons. We need to get another tight end. But they already have Zach Ertz. They were like, we need to get another wide receiver. We'll trade our first rounder for Hollywood Brown. 
And I was like, he's not worth a first rounder, but okay. It's just a very weird draft. A very weird offseason. They got Trey McBride, the Colorado State tight end that I really, really liked, and he could potentially be a star in the league. I think so. It was just a very weird draft because I was like, the problem wasn't that you guys had weapons. It's that your defense that you spent all this time and energy trying to draft all of these fucking linebackers and Zayvon Collins and Justin Simmons, A, they're not very good players and they, they're just like these uberly talented prospects. If I'm a smart, if I'm like the Patriots, I'm like third rounder for uh, Justin Simmons. Anyone? You want it? Just me. I feel like he has a lot of attributes and I just don't think uh, what they do, I, I just don't think he's being coached very well, which is kind of ironic because I, I do like some of the, I, I, I don't know what they're asking him to do. I shouldn't say I don't know he's being coached well because I like what they do coaching-wise down in Arizona. I just, I don't understand why, like, great prospects that, are, that can, like, flex at linebacker and defensive end like Zayvon Collins and be, like, the next Cam Chancellor except bigger and faster in Justin Simmons. He ran, like, a 4-3-40. Like, he, he was a safety in college. I was like, I don't understand why they just can't figure it out with these two guys. And they were back-to-back first-round draft picks in the last, like, Two drafts, two out of three. I, I don't understand it. But we'll see. I think we'll actually watch the Cardinals and the Chiefs. I'm very excited to watch that game. I'll talk about the Broncos in Seattle first. Very, very lightly. I mean, it's Russell Wilson's welcome back to Seattle game. It should be a blowout. Seattle sucks. But... Broncos at Cowboys is such an interesting game. And I don't think people are giving Tampa Bay enough analysis and enough look. Because Tampa, to me, has a lot of issues at offensive line. And last year, Dallas's defensive line did a really, really good job at being able to contain what Tampa Bay did in the run game, and they were able to to really, really get after Tom Brady edge-wise with Demarcus Lawrence. And this is like Micah Parsons' first game, so he was not very good. I think Micah will be significantly better this game. And then they don't have the same weapons. Antonio Brown was paramount for them. Rob Gronkowski, paramount for them. They don't have either one. And on top of that, potentially Chris Godwin, more likely than not, won't play. Even though everybody's like, he's going to play. I'm like, I don't think he's going to play. He just started to, to play in like, I, I think he just got like a non-contact jersey this week. You think he's going to play this weekend? He just got a non-contact jersey, which means that he's kind of doing football stuff, but not really. He's not getting hit. Like you think that he's going to go from not getting, not for the most part doing anything except rehab for like the last month to oh my gosh, now he's going to play football on Sunday. Yeah, right, okay. It's Tuesday, by the way. But Tom said something very, very interesting about the Dallas Cowboys that I think sometimes people roll their eyes at and be like, that's Tom and his gamesmanship. He's just saying things to, uh, to kind of like get the Cowboys off, off, um, off track or whatever or, to, or he's complimenting them, but he doesn't really mean the compliments. I, um, I don't think that's the case. Tom is very, very smart. He understands that with how much winning he has done over the last 20 years, how many Super Bowls he's won, 
he could he could essentially insult teams and players and things of that nature and give them bulletin board material. He learned this when he was a Patriot, a New England Patriot. He's not going to give them any additional motivation to try and go up against him. He's going to talk them down off a cliff and things of that nature. But what he, what he has admitted himself and what he has constantly done throughout his career is he's also talked very positively about bad football teams. And he also has admitted, I'll talk positively about bad football teams and beat the shit out of them and know that I'm about to beat the shit out of them because they're bad football teams. But I also think that there is times where Tom is very candid and very open with his respect of ex-football team. And in this case, the Dallas Cowboys. Let's see this very, very long quote that I have from Tom Brady when he was featured on some radio show in Tampa where he was asked a question about the Dallas Cowboys. Starting to lose my voice a little bit. Hold on, let me take another swig of my water. Hold on. Here he is. Here's Tom. We're going up against a good team. The Cowboys are very talented in all three phases. I love everything that Dak Prescott's done since he's been the quarterback. A little bit of context. Tom very rarely will name names. He will very rarely, because I've seen, I've seen a bunch of his interviews. I've seen him talk a lot. He very rarely names players unless he respects them. Like he's not going to name ex-players and he and he certainly doesn't like there's there's this thing with football players and things of that nature where they're just like we're just not going to refer to them by their last name or even their first name we're just going to refer to them by their numbers unless you respect them like that's just always constantly the theme with football players but Tom's case he's like let me name Dak Prescott by name and then he goes further to say this I watched him his rookie year. He led the team to a great record. Never let any of the success get to his head. He's done an amazing job. That's about as good of a compliment as you'll get from Tom Brady. And he's correct. And I don't think it's bullshit. And I don't think it's fluff. Because he would have just said a couple of things about Dak. Or barely even mentioned Dak. Or just said the offense is good. He wouldn't go into descriptions about the Cowboys offense. He wouldn't be like, oh yeah, Dak's really, really awesome. I watched him his rookie year. He doesn't watch a lot of quarterbacks in their rookie years because he's Tom fucking Brady. Do you think he needs to watch quarterbacks in their rookie years? No. Continuing forward, CeeDee Lamb's great player. CeeDee Lamb's a great player on, on offense, dynamic receiver. A little bit of fluff. Notice how it's not as descriptive as Dak, where he's like, I watched Dak in his rookie season and I think he's been awesome. Like, he, by the way, he's never really said these things about Tony Romo, but okay. This is kind of a little bit of fluff as well. Was Zeke, he's just saying this, you know, to not give any, any type of material for the Cowboys. But like, I think, what, I think what he was talking about was Zeke, or not Zeke, but Dak was true. I think he's giving a little bit of fluff about CeeDee Lamb, but I think he, he thinks that CeeDee Lamb is still a good receiver. This whole thing about Zeke, I think is a little bit of BS. Uh, I, I, I think it's a little bit of BS, but I think there's a little bit of truth in, in it as well. Zeke Elliott has been a great back in the league since his rookie year. That is true. Although he's an Ohio State guy, I got a lot of love for him too because he's a great player. That's kind of it. And then he goes on really about the part that I think is very, very important, the defense. And then on defense, Micah Parsons is one of the dynamic players in the NFL. 
that is not only a linebacker, but he's a pass rusher. He does everything for that defense. They put him in tough situations with matchups. That is very true all across the board. They put him, excuse me, I already read that. He does a great job in the pass rush. He does a great job in pass coverage. They're doing a really good job with their defensive scheme. They change their fronts a lot. Which correlates with what Dallas has done and what Dallas more likely than not will do this year with Micah Parsons. Except he should be significantly better because I think he's either lost weight or gained weight. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But he's year two. He should be better. And I think Dallas has identified that they will put him in tough spots and they will do a whole lot of things with Micah Parsons and to help him out significantly. I think that they will give him uh, a lot. They will they will put in players with very specific jobs and roles. Chauncey Golston, the third round draft pick out of, I think, Iowa State or something like that. He's not really a pass rusher. He's more along the lines of a defensive end who is great at stopping the run, but he's gained weight and now he's going to be a defensive tackle now. And so now that gives them a little bit more flexibility with their defensive tackle position because now they have a defensive end that can play defensive tackle. But then they drafted Sam Williams, who's a terrible run stuffer, but he's an awesome pass rusher. And that's how they can kind of help facilitate Micah Parsons. And also Demarcus Lawrence isn't very good as a pass rusher as well. But Micah is going to do a lot of things. He can blitz from the linebacker position. He can rush the passer from a two a two-point stance as a defensive end. He can do a lot of different things as a Dallas Cowboy, as a linebacker, as a defensive player, excuse me, as a linebacker and as a defensive end. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they use him against Tom Brady, the quarterback that has essentially seen every single player do everything in the NFL. Then he talks about Trevon Diggs. Trevon Diggs led the, the, uh, the league in interceptions last year, so it's a good offense that can score points, and he kind of concludes with this. So it's a good offense that can score points. The Trevon th Diggs thing is kind of like a little bit lackluster. Like he just was like, I have to mention him, you know, more so than anything else. So it's a good offense that can score points, especially at home. It's a very talented defense that forces a lot of turnovers. All of this is true, by the way. And you're playing in Dallas. So you're playing against the home crowd of 90,000 fans. Rachel Benita is now on my television screen and she has fully blonde hair. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Sorry, I'm watching the NFL Network and they're going over game day and one of the uh, the broadcasters, Rachel Bonita, she's on there. Didn't she have like brown hair? Does every like news, I just got to ask this question. Does like every newscaster, are they like straight up told to dye their hair blonde? I don't know. I feel like that's like a thing because blonde is not Cynthia Freeland's natural hair. I don't think so. And neither is it for Rachel Bonita, but they always get highlights and they always dye their hair blonde. It doesn't look bad. It's just like, it's always kind of a surprise to me that like people are like, yeah, I'll just like, everybody should have their hair blonde. I'm like, okay, sure. Sorry, I just got really distracted by that. Uh, continuing forward. So we're challenged off the bat. We've got a really tough month of September and it starts on Sunday night and we've been working very hard in camp to prepare. This is Tom Brady again. Gonna have a, a good week of practice, put ourselves in the best possible, posi uh, possible preparation position we could be in and now we're gonna go out there and we've gotta see if we can get the job done. My brain hurts. I've been talking for two hours and I'm extraordinarily tired. The coffee is starting to come down. I'm starting to get 
more tired, things of that nature. Ugh. I'm tired. Uh, oh my god, my eyes are tired. I'm gonna watch the new Cuphead TV show. Where's my, where's my book? Game of Thrones, Fire and Blood. But first, let me close off by saying this about both the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This weekend, I think, is going to be one of the most important games for both teams. And I think this game, for both teams' sake, should be a very close game. If Dallas goes out and blows the fucking front doors off of Tampa Bay, that is not good for Tampa Bay. It's not. And I've been one of the only people that has consistently talked about the deficiencies at offensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ali Marpet, I think, or Ali Marquette, one of the guards for Tampa Bay last year who's like a pro bowler, I think he was an all-pro as well. He is now gone. He is now in Cincinnati. The other guard, retired. Ryan Jensen, he's not retired, but he's pretty much hurt and out for the entirety of the season. That is like two pro bowlers at the offensive line, two of the best offensive line men in the NFL, <clears throat> not just on Tampa Bay squad, but just in the NFL are now done and out for a very long period of time. Excuse me, not done, not two. One of them is gone for the majority of the season because he's out with an injury and the other one is just gone and he's now playing for Cincinnati. And then Chris Godwin is out. More likely than not. And then Mike Evans a couple of weeks ago was dealing with a hamstring in issue, injury. So Tampa has like legitimate injuries and Dallas has strengths where Tampa Bay is weak at. Like their strengths. And by, oh, by the way, I didn't even mention this. The guy that was going to come in and play left guard for them, like the backup left guard, he is now out. He is now hurt. So they're probably going to roll a backup to the backup and they're going to roll out. I don't need, excuse me. They're going to roll out two backups to the backup. They're going to roll up a backup backup center potentially, because I think the center got hurt in their final preseason game against the Indianapolis Colts. And then they're going to roll out a backup to the backup at left guard. They're going to roll out third stringers, potentially at center and at left guard. That is bad for Tampa Bay. Don't let anyone tell you different. Dallas's defensive line is great. They have depth. They have huge pieces. They have awesome playmakers. They have a really awesome fucking linebacker, and they have a really awesome corner that's going to match up very, very well against Mike Evans and Trevon Diggs. What was Mike Evans's game against? Let me take an Advil. Jesus Christ. I got to like... Oh, shit. I got to take an Advil. Hold on. My head is like pounding right now. Hold on. Two more, two more seconds. Oh my goodness. Sorry about that. Just like, like my my head is just pounding. Oh my god. It's like I'm I'm tired and I'm in pain at the exact same time. It's it's a very weird feeling. But um I want to just see how good of a job Trevon Diggs did on Mike Evans last year or another way is like well how bad of a job did he do on Mike Evans <sighs> again my internet is just my computer I don't know what is going on with this thing I'm just gonna like gonna disconnect and reconnect and see if that fixes it again it's just 
it's not the actual internet. It's my computer that's just like in a log jam right now. So let me see how he fared against. He did not fare very well against Trevon Diggs. And I said, I think even last year, Trevon Diggs is a, is a big physical corner that can contest passes. And look, he didn't fare very well against Dallas last year. He had six targets, three receptions for 24 yards. He had a 50% catch rate. That is not very good. Like, at all, whatsoever. And so, now, Tom Brady, unfortunately, he doesn't have Antonio Brown, who had a touchdown against the Cowboys last season. Let me actually pull up the box score. Let me show you, like, why I don't think it's... Uh, not Tampa, but Tampa Bay just immediately. By the way, apparently the mayor, we, we got to get on re, like renaming Tampa Bay to Tampa Bay. Because I'm like, the mayor was like, maybe if Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl, Tampa Bay will be renamed or nicknamed Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. But now it's just like Champs Bay or Champion Bay. I don't know what it's called. Tampa Bay. There you go. That's what it's called. It's called Tampa Bay. And my computer doesn't want to load it. Okay, let me, I'm, I'm patient and I'm persistent. I'll wait. We can wait. I'll do what I just did. I'll disconnect to the internet. I'll disconnect. Oh yeah, now, now it works. I disconnect to the internet and then it just re, then I reconnected. Okay, so who had the touchdowns? So Chris Godwin had a five-yard touchdown pass from Tom Brady. Rob Gronkowski had a two-yard touchdown pass. Antonio Brown had a 47 touchdown pass. And these are all the uh, the scores, by the way. Chris Godwin led it off. Then Gronk um, scored the next one. So it was 7-0. And then CeeDee Lamb had another touchdown. CeeDee Lamb is still playing, by the way. Rob Gronkowski uh, had a two-yard pass from Tom, making it 14-7. And then Amari Cooper, who's not with the Cowboys. He had a five-yard pass from Dak Prescott. And then Antonio Brown had another touchdown pass, making it 21 to 16 because Greg Zerline missed an extra point. But he also hit a, what was it? A 35-yard field goal. And then Rob Gronkowski had an 11-yard touchdown pass. So Gronk had two touchdowns. Gronk had two touchdowns against the Cowboys. And then the Cowboys, they kind of went on a scoring spree. They... Inevitably got it 29 to 28, and then Ryan Suckup hit the 36 yard game winner, making it 31 to 29. So, all of these guys that I have like talked about ad nauseum, kind of for the entirety of the offseason, and why it's like it's so important that Tom Brady has some of these guys Chris Godwin, out. Touchdown pass from Tom Brady. Rob Gronkowski, two touchdowns, out. Not out, retired. And Antonio Brown, I have no idea what he's doing. He's rapping, he's doing the dance, doing the. I don't know what he's doing. He's doing that sideways dance. Doing that thing. He's rapping now. But he was another touchdown. So what? Four touchdowns came from guys that are not going to play on Saturday. Notice how none of them were Mike Evans. Oh yeah, because Mike Evans had 24 yards against the Cowboys. I think it's important that we kind of like talk about this dichotomy for Tampa. Because again, what Dallas does very well is rush the passer, have a strong defensive line that can contain your running game. What was their rushing yards again? I don't know. Hold on. Let me look it up. Rushing yards. 
14 of 52. What's the yards per carry? I doubt that it was very good. Oh, God, I'm looking at, like, terrible statistics. Uh, God, just, like, give me the, the averages. Yeah, so they were, like, 9 of thir 32 for Leonard Fournette, and then 4 for 14 for Ronald Jones. They couldn't run the football against the Cowboys. They were getting, essentially, like, 3 yards per carry. So they shut down the running game, and then they forced Tom to throw the football, and now it's like they'll probably even do it to even greater effect because Dallas has such a great defensive line and Tampa Bay is missing so many defensive or offensive linemen. And then Trevon Diggs has always matched up well against physical, big wide receivers like Mike Evans, and he can play the football. It's going to come down to Julio Jones, and Tom will probably rely on him and Cam Brate, but we'll see. We'll see. On the flip side of that problem... With Tampa Bay, Dallas is missing key players at offensive line. Tyron Smith is now out, and he did a great job against Shaq Barrett last year. Now it's Tyler Smith versus fucking Shaq Barrett, the harbinger of death. And then on top of that, you also have Connor Williams or Connor McGovern, who is significantly below average at guard, playing against fucking Vita Vea, which is a huge mismatch for the Dallas Cowboys. And then something similar happened for the Cowboys as well as what happened with Tampa Bay. Their running game kind of got shut down. Dak had to throw the football, I think, almost 50 times. Same thing goes with Tom Brady. This game last year was an explosion of offense. Specifically passing. And so both teams couldn't... I mean, what's, what's Zeke's numbers? Zeke had 11 carries, 33 yards. Overall, terrible numbers. Same thing goes with Tony Pollard. Like, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette... Tony Pollard, Ronald Jones, all had similar numbers. The defensive lines shut them down. Dak Prescott was 42 of 58 for 403 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and one sack. Tom Brady was 32 of 52, 32 of 50, excuse me, 379 yards, four tutties, two interceptions. Both quarterbacks threw the ball 50 times. Both of them had over 350 yards. Both of, both of them, excuse me, played excellent. Both of them were the team's offenses. And I think even further than that, I think both teams are going to struggle running the football again. Both teams are going to have to protect their quarterbacks significantly again. Dak got sacked one time. Tom Brady got sacked two. Or not two times, excuse me, zero times. They couldn't get Tom. But I don't think this game is as simple as Tampa's going to win it, Dallas is going to lose it, nor do I think that it's as simple going forward that Tampa is going to not, just not have struggles and issues this year as well. So I think that this game on Sunday, Sunday night football, is going to be such a fucking powerhouse of a game because both teams, and I said it before, I said like if the Cowboys blow out the Bucks, that's a problem for the Bucks. If the Bucks blow out the Cowboys, that is a, that is a problem for the Cowboys. It's problems for both of them. The hope and the dream for both franchises, for both teams, is that whoever wins doesn't win by a lot of points. But wins by like, but you know, it's like in, in the mid to high 20s. You want this to be a high scoring game. You want both quarterbacks to be able to kind of bully both defenses. But I mean, look at Tampa Bay's schedule. 
They go up against the Cowboys week one. Then it's the Saints week two, who they've never beaten in the regular season under Tom Brady. Week three, Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Problem with that team is that they have a really, really strong front defensive line. Pass rushers, and they get to go up against Aaron. Have fun with that. Chiefs week four. They go up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Huh? Week four. What? Ridiculous. And then they have two weeks where they go up against the Ravens and the Steelers. That's a whole lot of fun. Browns, Miles Garrett. I don't really care that, that, uh, that Deshaun's not playing. Miles Garrett is like a very, very real, real threat at defensive line. Saints again. Again, they haven't beaten the Saints ever in the regular season. And then they go uh, 49ers, Bengals, Cardinals in three weeks in December. And then they finish off the season with Panthers and then Falcons. Two cupcake games. Tampa Bay is in a lot more issues or in a lot more trouble than I think people give them credit for. Like, so, like I remember which Eisen just said, well, uh, I'll just, I, I just think Brady will just figure it out. And I'm like, like, you think that he'll figure out backups at offensive line? Okay, sure. All right. And again, we can do the same thing with the Cowboys because I know, I know parts of their schedule. It's very similar to Tampa. Their first two weeks are hard as balls as well. They go up against the Bucks and then the Bengals. Luckily, they're both at home. And then they get two cupcake games against the Giants and the Commanders. But then they go up against the Rams and the Eagles. And then in a couple, in like three weeks in November, luckily it's coming off of a bye week, they go up against the Packers. <laughs> and that's kind of it. <laughs> I'm like, what? You know, these first couple of weeks are going to be very, very important for the Cowboys because they need to start off strong and they need to get wins. Like, every single team that's going to enter into the playoffs, they need wins. And you want them fast, so that way you have a larger room for error. You don't want to be one of the teams that's like that's like the Chargers, and they're like, oh my god, we're going up against the Raiders last week of the fucking season, and we can't, we can't fucking, we don't know what to do. We're going to go for it on fourth and nine. Again! And not convert. Again, great job, Brandon Staley. But my point is, the Bucks and the Cowboys are two of the, to me, are two of the best teams in the NFC. And they are also two teams that are very susceptible going forward from this game on Sunday. And this game on Sunday will tell us a lot about these two teams and what they're capable of doing just this season, for this season. We'll see what happens. Anyways, my head hurts. I uh, want to read and I want to watch the, uh, the Cuphead TV show. It's been getting good the last couple of episodes of the regular season, or not of the regular season. Hold on, I got a burp. Excuse me. Last couple of episodes of the first season are getting really, 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 really awesome. So I'm very, very excited for that. Cannot wait. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk more about the Bills and the Rams because we didn't talk about the, didn't talk about either one of those teams this season. Not this season, but today, even though we talked for almost two hours, really almost over an hour about just NFL games and things of that nature. But we'll talk about the Rams and the Bills tomorrow. This has been 24. I'm peacing out. Bye-bye.